Welcome back to the podcast episode 73. As always, you're here with Hoop, Saney, and the infamous ZZ Hunjo. It's a very somber day in the recording studio from our respective homes. When the playoffs first started, there was only one of us that wasn't dancing. Now all three of us are dancing, as the New York Knicks and the Golden State Warriors were eliminated in round two, the bragging rights are over, we're all on even ground. Saney wore a blazer in his basement to record today with his La Podcast merchandise underneath, which is fire, uh, dropping when this recording is out, May 16th. Go cop. But I'm going to give him the floor. I know he's been waiting for this moment. How does it feel, man? Well, um, number one, uh, you might be asking, where do I go find the La Podcast merch? The store link will be in all of our social media bios alongside the La Podcast social media bio. Um, number two, number two, it's a good day. It's a good day. I don't think I've ever been more grateful to be on the show, to be able to sit here in front of you two gentlemen and to be able to have the spotlight like I do right now, to be able to say this. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm just going to get straight to it. I don't, I don't want to keep you guys waiting here, but, um, yeah, Warriors and the Knicks. Oh, 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 oh. Well, we have a good chance because we're we're better than the Detroit Pistons. You said we were going to be worse than the Detroit Pistons. I don't care who I said you were going to be worse than because at the end of the day, you're in the exact same spot that the Detroit Pistons are, and that's at home, my boy. Warriors, don't think I forgot about the Warriors. Don't think I forgot about the Warriors now. Them Warrior boys, how are they doing? How's that dynasty going? How's that dynasty going? He's he's coping hard. Saney, this is nasty work, bro. I, I'm all, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, yeah, my team didn't make the playoffs, but you know what? My team has 40 first-round picks. You know what? Your team has 40-year-olds, ZZ Huncho. And you know what? Your team has who? You know what? Your team has? They have the Knicks logo what? on their jersey. We all know oh how that's going to turn out. Get oh out of here. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. Oh, I can't wait to own the future. And I love watching the downfall of the process that you guys try to add. Now, Z, I'll give you credit because the Warriors were a dynasty for a while. But let's also forget, or let's also remember and not forget that Z joined the bandwagon after they won their ring. So ZZ Huncho has never seen a ring as a Warriors fan, nor will he ever see a ring as a Warriors fan, so long as the team that is placed on my hat, which is the Oklahoma City Thunder, still exists. And it's a good day. It is a great day to be on this podcast with a Warriors and a Knicks fan. But if we want to get started with this episode, we can. Um, All right. my morale has dropped. <laughs> All I could say is, you know, I, I didn't want to rub it in because I, I said at the really early time of the year when the Warriors started slow, how the, the Knicks would end up with a better record. Never flaunted it because I knew the playoffs would come around and the Warriors would likely go on a run. It's unfortunate that Steph Curry couldn't find help this year. It's unfortunate that Jalen Brunson couldn't find help this year, but we're in the same place. Yeah. So I'm not even, I'm not even going to say that much. Even though like we surpassed expectations and you failed them, you don't, you don't get any kind of glory until you <laughs> win the whole thing. So I'm not I'm not trying to make this like a yo, we're in a better spot right now like Sandy is. You see you see what Sandy's trying to do? It's like, <laughs> "Oh, we're in a spot for the future." No, nah, bro, if you don't want a ring, you don't get anything yeah. around here. Yeah. So we're all in the same spot. Listen, I'm just gonna one. I'm just gonna harper on this for a, for a split second. I know the Discord was waiting and and waiting patiently for me to respond for the last 48 hours, which I did eventually. 
Uh, I never responded. You did. They were tagging me not. like crazy. They were I did not respond. Like crazy. Uh, but you know, I'm a man of the people. So eventually, after I, you know, calmed down and you know, uh, uh, repaired the wall that I punched a hole in, uh, everything was cool. Um, I wanna, I wanna quote uh, one of the one of the best players in the league, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, where he said, "There's no such thing as failure, really. Uh, you know, there's steps to success." Um, and when I look at this Warriors team, and saying he's saying the dynasty's over. I really don't believe that. I don't believe the dynasty's over until that man, number 30, hangs up those curries. You understand what I'm saying? You see, because the thing with the Warriors is, uh, when you look at the team going into the offseason, as a Warrior fan, I've, 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 I've said all year that I wish they had a solidified big. I wish they, if not a solidified big, then something of an Andrew Bogut-esque from 2015, a rim protection like that, just to help out loan. There's no reason that Kevon Looney should be going out there and getting 20, 20, 20, 25 rebounds a night and not getting paid $25 million a year. As, I mean, come on now. He, he, might as well, he might as well give him a max at this point. Damn. But, I mean, he wasn't supposed to be able to do that. They, if, if they had somebody like, I don't know, a Brooke Lopez or something, just just something new, right? But we'll, we'll talk about that on another episode. Right now, I want to get through everything else. The Warriors dynasty is not over, ladies and gentlemen. But um, it's over for now. And now we look at our precious king as his quest for fifth ring continues. And the script revolves around LeBron, Raymond James. Moving forward. Uh, yeah, just quickly on my no, Knicks. no, 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 no. Oh, what? Casual Warriors fan blaming the script, blaming oh, this imaginary me. script. <laughs> I thought he was cutting me off. Casual like, fan. No, sorry, hoop. Sorry, hoop. I just had to. I just had to address that real quick. But uh, you <laughs> and you, you Warriors fans, always talking about this script, talking about this script. Like the last nine years haven't been written for you. Hey, you Get ain't lying. You ain't lying. But guess what? The script ain't over. This is just a different chapter right now. We'll, we'll circle back to chapter uh, five. Seventy-seven. For the, for the Warriors. Yeah, chapter seventy-seven. Um. Yeah. As for the New York Knicks, we surpassed expectations, but with the way the media and Knicks fans react to the season, it was as if it was a complete collapse. Now I'm scared because I feel like. You know, I don't know this Knicks front office well enough. They haven't been around long enough to know that they'll make stupid moves like the rest of the Knicks GMs. But I'm just praying that they they go for it all. I don't want them to make a cheap move where it's like, let's move a guy who's not working right now and get Cat. Let's get Damian Lillard. And while those guys are great players, they are not going to bring us sustained success. I'd rather them trade off players that don't work and get meaningful pieces, even if it's not a, a superstar or a centerpiece like like Stephen A. Smith is saying just trade away Randall for, for anyone at this point. You need to build up. Jalen Brunson's a great piece you saw and I want them to catch the biggest fish. Like when's Giannis going to become available? I'm not saying uh, as like you know just get him now but you got to make an environment where someone like that wants to come over instead of just getting anything you can. That would, That is such a Knicks thing to do. Yeah. But regardless we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm happy with the season. Shout out the New York Knicks. I, I don't happy. think, I agree with you, I do not think that the Knicks should look to, f like, trade for another guard. That doesn't really make sense to me, unless it's like a Clay Thompson-type guard, um, getting a ball-dominant guy. I remember who me and you had this conversation, and at first I was like, oh, Dame would be cool. And then when you brought up the point of, like, Dame's, like, volume and how his usage rates and stuff, I was like, yeah, I don't think that would work. I don't, There's a reason why we weren't calling Brunson a superstar in Dallas. Well, yeah, because Brunson needs the ball. Brunson needs the ball. I think Brunson has always been like this. He just finally has his opportunity to show it. So, um, 
I'm not against a cat trade for the Knicks, depending on the package they make. Like, if it's a package centered around RJ Barrett, why not? Yeah, but you, you can't make this, like, your final. Yes, yes, I like, agree with you, you. You can't be like, all right, this is our team. No, it's not. I, I don't think Cat can be a first, maybe not even a second option on a championship team. No, no. See, um, my thing is, like, um, I do want to give a lot of credit to Jalen Brunson for his performance this season because going into the season, I was high on him. I don't know, it was something about watching him in that first round last year without Luka, and I was just like, it's weird that, if you give him the keys to the offense, he just looks like a superstar. Not only does it look like a superstar, he can get everybody else involved. Like, he's just incredible. I don't, it is weird. Um, between the two of him, uh, between the two of them of Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, Julius Randle's the guy that got that has to go. That's the subtraction right there. The addition was Jalen Brunson. You, you ran with it for a season. And what you got was the same result that some Knicks fans might have expected out of Julius Randle. Uh, those Knicks fans, I, I I assume would be Stephen A. Smith. I don't know if you expected this hoop uh, necessarily a collapse in the final two closeout games from Julius Randle. I mean, he played pretty well, I believe, in what was the game five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he played fine in MSG, but that that's why I was when we had the duos discussion, I was yeah. a little lower on them than you guys were. It, um, just because as much of a Julius Randle supporter as I am, you can't ignore what he is. And I yeah. think that the bigger issue with him is that he's playing a role he's not supposed to play, and he looks awful in it because he's not meant for it. So, the thing that gets we, me the most we, mad we about Julius, though... to, to, to Philly. Oh, okay, yeah, let's, cool. let's, yeah, let's move ahead. on. Oh, yeah, I guess. Well, you could, you could finish up, Z. I'm just going to say this is my last thing. The thing that gets me the most upset about Julius Randle, who I don't know if you agree, but it's the fact that when he is hitting, everything works for the Knicks. It just seems like everything works. Even other guys are getting involved. When he's not hitting, the body language... Is like he would he could he would rather be anywhere else, but on even when his team is winning, like even when Jalen Brunson is going off or RJ's going off, he's just it looks like he's mad that that's not him, and that's that's my biggest gripe with him. But that's that's it that's it. It's enough on Julius. Yeah, time to talk about the MVP who acts in a similar way. Oh my goodness, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has no dog in him, unlike Hoops' dog, who's currently barking. Um, <laughs> if only Embiid could bark like that in the playoffs, but. Uh, yeah, I I think the debate of Embiid versus Jokic is over. And you might think I'm saying this off of recency bias, but I'm not, unless you call recency bias the last, like, four years of playoff uh, experience. Uh, when I look at Jokic and when I look at Embiid, and ultimately, like, the best way to bring it, the best way to end this debate is to think, if you were to start a basketball team, who would you take? Like, who is the better player, Jokic or Embiid? Now, looking at both of their successes... I think it's a clear-cut choice that you take Jokic. And when it's the obvious choice that, yeah, Jokic is the guy you would build around or Jokic is the better basketball player to take on a team that you're building, hypothetically, then why do we even have a debate of Embiid versus Jokic at that point then? When, to me, I mean, it, if you ask me that question, I'm not thinking anymore. I'm not thinking. Because Embiid has crumbled time and time again. This wasn't a Game 7 crumble, by the way. This was a whole series. He played like freaking garbage. Now, you could bring up the point, oh, he was injured. Oh, he's injured in his past series, whatever, whatever. But I don't care. At the same time, he's about to turn like 30. I feel like this MVP, I'm going to say it right now, I think he deserved, like he definitely played to an MVP level. Now, I'm not hating on his MVP season. He is play. he did play like an MVP caliber player. But a part of me wants to think that he edged out Jokic due to sympathy. Due to like, oh, if we give Jokic, like, they're just going to create a riot. And Bede's always been at the top with him. Let's just give it to him, Bede. Because here, bro, re stop whining. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. Like, just to me, in, my, all over in my humble opinion, 
I would have I would have looked to Jokic when I'm looking at the MVP. I would have looked to Jokic. And Jokic is proving this playoff run who the real MVP is. It ain't Giannis. It ain't Embiid. It's none of the other, like, it's not, none of those guys. It's Jokic. And side thing, crazy. I don't know if you guys saw that Mark Jackson left Jokic out of his top five in voting. And Mark Jackson has a vote for MVP. See, this is where I have an issue with these voters and who gets to decide who the MVP is. Imagine how much that affected Jokic's I'm gonna, case I'm gonna come when, to he left, when he left Jokic outside of the top five. I, I agree that is egregious, but he came out and said, and if you look at the ballot, he, he followed this format. For whatever reason, this old man thought that it was two guards, two forwards, and a center. So that's who he put on his ballot. Is that a great excuse for a no. coincidence? No. I don't... I don't what? I'm, I'm not accepting that as an excuse. You have the prestigious... That is, yeah, that is an awful like that mistake, is a, That's man. a mistake that you do not freaking make because that can yeah. affect someone's legacy. If that's Jokic crazy. got three MVPs in a row, think about where we would place him right now, right? Let's just say... I'm not excusing that. That's not... Mark Jackson has been in the NBA for how long? Around the NBA for like how many years now? Like decades. It's like a text you look at at two in the morning and just respond with what it's, you think to it me, says. He, like... he didn't, he didn't, it's like he didn't care about it. He just made an assumption if that even... If the excuse even is true. Because for all we know, he might have just got caught. Right? Like, there's two ways to look at it. Either he actually, he made that big of an excuse, which is outrageous, or, or that big of a mistake, which is outrageous, or he just got caught and made an excuse about it. Because, or, he just, or he just swung and missed, and he didn't hit it out of the park this time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, as, as, as somebody who gets to make a vote the, that can clearly dictate, world. <laughs> like, you actually, like, have a vote that matters so much to a player's career. And... That being out the top five, bro, like that definitely dropped Jokic's stock so much, so much. Right? Oh my god! Yes, I agree. Because I agree like, imagine it's just players going back and forth. Oh, Jokic is second. Jokic is first. Yep. Embiid second. Embiid's first. And then once somebody says Jokic is sixth, yeah, that'll it drop is. you in the MVP race. It's terrible. I mean, we're kind of getting off track here. Let's get back to playoff talk. All I'm saying is Jokic is the real MVP this season. He proved it, and I have the Nuggets going to the finals. The way the way that I see this is. Joel Embiid just, I saw, y'all saw that tweet where it was like, Joel Embiid is 30 and he has never made it to the conference finals. Here's my thing with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, I think, when we talk about protected superstars in terms of the media, I feel like Joel Embiid's name gets brought up, but it always gets brought up in, a, in, in the other light of like, oh, you mean to tell me that he finally gets an MVP award this year? He led the league in scoring last year. He didn't get it. Like Sandy said, I look at it as a pity award too. They were just like, here, motherfucker, damn. Take it. Here. Lord. Um, and then <laughs> we get to the playoffs. He went from averaging, what, 33 point something a game in the regular, 34 a game in the regular season to 23 a game in the in the playoffs. And, you're, and I remember Hoop was talking about this in one of the episodes recently right after the Nets Sixers series about how he gave credit to the Brooklyn Nets for the way in which they were defending Joel Embiid because they were keeping him scoring. The, he was scoring the basketball, but it wasn't at an efficient clip as as what we saw in the regular season. Then we fast forward to this series, and some Joel Embiid stands will say, oh, well, you know, you got to point to the injury. He's playing with a knee brace. I'm like, I get all of that. I really do. However, when we look back in recent NBA history, or at least his playoff NBA history, it's like, can you point to a series where Joel Embiid was undoubtedly like the best player? Can you point to a series where Joel Embiid gave us a performance like he gave us against Jokic in the regular season? I know that they're in two different conferences, but I'm just saying. Like, I think back to that Raptor series last year. I think he had a couple of good games in, the, in game two, but we knew they were going to lose that series. Come on, be realistic. 
Now we're talking about him going up against the Celtics as soon as they get, as soon as they uh they match up on the marquee, and everybody's talking about how they're one and eight. They're not going to win. The I'm Sixers. Like, I mean, the Sixers me, the, get the, the Celtics, same. The Celtics. The Sixers get the same BS cycle every single yeah. season, and it's do great in the regular season, get the easiest first round matchup you could ask for. Joel gets injured, and then they lose in the second round. It's the exact same cycle. It's the same story with the 76ers. I I get deja vu every season, seeing it play out the exact same way. And frankly, if I was a 76ers fan, I would hate my life being a fan of that team because you're losing off Dang. of... <laughs> yeah. No, no, seriously, man. I hate, hate my life. Bro, like, as a... As a no, hate like, not, like, yeah, like hate being a 76ers fan. I would hate being a 76ers yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. like... It's it's not like you're losing in different fashion. It's not like you're losing in a way where it's like, you know what? Respectable. Our team played their hearts out and we lost. You're losing because your star player fumbles every time and then he has the decency to go to the post-game conference and say, me and James need help. When If you look Bro. at the stats of... I'm going to bring them up right now. I'm yeah, pretty sure I, like everybody yes. else shot over 50%, yes. but James and Embiid combined for 2 for 25. Maxi went 7 for 15. Tobias Harris, thank you, Lord, had a good game. Right, like he was shooting the ball decent, and like all the other role players are doing their job. You get paid two hundred something million. James Harden gets paid hundreds of millions of dollars. What? Do you, what do you, Tyrese Maxey's getting paid like a, a quarter of that. Tobias Harris, fair enough, should be doing a little more, but he's still pulling so some Tobias sort of Harris weight. Over right? me. You know, it's, you know it's not, funny it's not a situation where you could go into an interview and be like, "Yeah, me and Harden do everything." You <laughs> you do everything. You do. You do everything but at, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, go. I'm gonna <laughs> start saying, I'm gonna yeah. I mean, I have a lot to say too. The second, so like in, in game seven, I knew Boston was gonna win because it's just it's a big brother effect with Philly at this point. And Joel is the ultimate little brother. When he gave a jab step to Al Horford on the left elbow and shot a fadeaway jumper on like the first possession, I knew that game was over. I've seen this story too many times. People are gonna say, oh, you know, if he didn't have an e-brace, he would actually attack him. No, he's not. And if he's always going to have that knee brace on. This is who Joel Embiid is at this point. Z said it before. He's always injured. And I was like, oh, man, maybe one more year. Because in injuries, you know, it was, it was his face. It was his no Bro, something is going to happen. And he is going to play passive. This is who Joel Embiid is. He's going to whine at the press conference. He's going he's gonna to cry, uh, throw his teammates under the bus. And I brought it up before. I don't want to go on another rant. But Knicks fans after the game said, let's trade for Joel Embiid. This is, this, these are the problems you're trying to get rid of. So you want to live in pain. Instead of living in pain in the second round, we could live in pain in the in the conference finals. Maybe I'd love like <laughs> I, I'd oh love to gosh. bring this up. I'd love to bring this up because is he? Is, I want um, I want people go to understand. For it. We got we to keep talking about this. I want Sandy. people to understand like how ridiculous that statement that Embiid made in the conference was. Like yes. if you took accountability, I, okay, that's a different conversation. But the reason I want people to understand the reason why I'm going at the Sixers so hard right now is because after Embiid puts the blame on his teammate and he singles out James Harden from not being in the blame, only him and James they're singled out. They didn't do anything. Let's look at the starter stats, okay? So, read them off. Out of the five starters in Philadelphia, four of them got double digits in scoring, right? James Harden was not that not one of them. James Harden had nine points, okay? Now, scoring leaders: James Harden, worst of the starters, with nine points, three for eleven. Fourth is PJ Tucker, four for seven, three from six from three, eleven points. PJ Tucker is not supposed to be doing much, so the fact that he's doing better than Harden already should say something. Third place: Joel Embiid, fifteen points. 5 for 18 shooting, and he had 6 free throws. 5 for 6 from the free throw, right? Okay, 0 for 4 from 3. 0 for 4 from 3. Joel Embiid. Second, 
Ty, uh, Tyrese Maxey, five for 12, two for six from three, five and five from three point lane, or five and five from the free throw line, 17 points. And it's a bias here. It's leaves them in scoring with 19 points, right? It's like, bro, you and Harden, and I shouldn't even mention PJ Tucker because he's not a scorer. Out of the four scorers in that lineup, you and Harden were the worst by far. By far. Your shooting numbers were terrible. And I'm sorry, I said seven for 25. That was, that was, a, that was the wrong number. They went, they went eight for 29 combined from the field. Eight Jesus. for 29 from your two superstars in a game seven situation. Now, now, it's not like it was a great defensive game. I don't want people to think that. It was not a great defensive game because Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 76 points. Jason Tatum <laughs> has 51. Jason Tatum goes 17 for 28. The game before, he was like 0 for 13, right? And that's, they should not be in a game seven. They should Philly choked. They, not only did they, did they do themselves dirty, but they had a chance to possibly sink the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown Celtics. You could you could have damaged their confidence. You yep. could have sent them into a spiral yep. in the offseason. The people that you have been trying to beat desperately for the last half a decade. But you let this man just outwork you. And I, I, I don't even know what he did in that fourth quarter. You guys want to hear Jason Tatum us. turned up. And now, and now the Celtics are on an uptick to where they are on the positive side. Of those inconsistent, they they could like they win the NBA Finals right now. Yeah. If, they, if they, I feel like they're going to play out of their minds. Yeah, it's all Philly's it. fault. You guys want to hear a crazy stat? Go that ahead. I just came up with looking at the stat sheet. I don't think anybody's mentioned this. Jason Tatum took 20, 28 shots. Embiid and Harden combined took twenty nine shots. Embiid and Harden combined make eight. Jason Tatum makes seventeen. Bro, Jason Tatum alone not only outclassed two superstars combined, embarrassed. Two superstars combined. Don't, don't say Brown. James Harden's a superstar. Jalen Brown. We can't, we can't even give him that title. I don't think Look, we can. I think at the start of the season, I still would have given it to him because of James Harden. I think I'm, you're right. I'm saying Jason Tatum took his superstardom. Like, yes, this, yes, this is not and a... Jalen Brown, oh by the way, Jalen Brown, by the way, took as many shots as Joel Embiid, or one more shot. He took 19, Embiid took 18, but he made more field goals than Harden and Embiid combined. So... Let me just let me just say I'm wearing my James Harden jersey right now. Uh, this is a Houston Harden jersey. Uh, I told the Discord like a couple hours ago that I would be discussing James Harden because all all playoff long, every time James Harden had a good game, all I saw was at ZZ, at ZZ. Harden the playoff choker now. Harden, bruh. And what did I say? Harden Harden's bound for a couple of good games, especially early on in a series, in a seven-game series. You're destined to see game one Harden, game three Harden, game four Harden. But the, if if it's a seven-game series... Usually, as history has shown us, Harden really just keeps on declining, and it's weird. I was talking to my boy about this the other day. I was like, "Does James Harden have the same cycle as Chris Middleton?" If you like, Chris Middleton has his moments in the playoffs, or at least he did a couple of years ago, back during the championship run. We were like, "Oh, yeah, bros, bros, either playing like prime Michael Jordan or or prime Anthony Bennett." With James Harden, it's like, do y'all realize that in this seven-game stretch, James Harden had five games where he scored four field goals or less in he five games in a seven-game series. I don't want to compare it to Chris Middleton because I feel like Chris Middleton will just miss shots. James Harden looks like a ghost. It, he looked shook last I like yeah. I was watching him, and I, I said in Discord because they were like, uh, after the first half, they were like, oh, Z, Z might be on or something. I'm like, dude, in the second half, I just, I, I'm hoping that he just wants to play basketball. He looks scared. 
Like he's dribbling he's the ball pass, out of floaters, pass out of, out of, pass out of layups. I'll say this. Another thing, passing out of the floaters, that's the big thing. That's what Ben Simmons got traded for. And then the, and here we go with James Harden doing the exact same thing. Shout out to Ben Simmons for that uh, Insta- for that Instagram story. That was, that was absolutely hilarious. But go ahead, Sandy. I'll say this. I know we had an episode earlier in the year talking about if James Harden's a playoff choker. Now, I'm not going to say that Z was right at the time, but I'm going to say that Z is right now. Okay, so I'm going to side with Z and say that I do believe that because it's two seasons in a row now with Philadelphia. And no, I'm off it too. I'm the off the train, but I'm not saying that Z was right from the start because I do think that he gets overhated for his Houston playoff performances. I'm still 10 toes on that. But I do agree with Z now that James Harden is not a playoff performer. And I would not take James Harden on my team if I'm looking to win a championship now. That does not mean that I'm giving Z the W from the episode. Episode 44, was it? But I will say now he's correct. You, you cannot throw James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers. on one franchise <laughs> no. and expect them to win oh a, my God. a meaningful playoff series. Oh my God, can we talk about Doc series. Rivers? Please, hold, hold up, go. hold up. Because I, I want to I get, get to the Celtic side of things okay. first. Okay. Because I've gotten a lot of people tagging me in the Jason Tatum 51-point performance. That was incredible. Um, now, to, like my biggest statement was that he's not a superstar, and as everyone or as you guys know, I hold that to people who are consistently top five players in the league. I think Jason Tatum has grown a lot this season, especially after the downfall where I've seen him just his floor has risen to the point where even if he shoots 0 for 10 in the first quarter, he provides defense, he provides playmaking, he still provides rim pressure. Um, I still feel like Missoula holds him back severely. But when he is on, he has a ceiling higher than almost anyone in the NBA. When that is slightly more consistent, I think it's like pretty easily that he's a superstar. He has a, a big series to gain confidence against Miami. I mean, it could be competitive because, you know, Miami just has dogs over there. But from an, like an outside looking in perspective, I think Boston should handle them. And then he gets a, a playoff series against, you know, maybe it's the Lakers where they, they've just been interesting defensively or it's Denver where he mm-hmm. might be able to take advantage and... Boston can win a championship. So, I mean, if he can, I, I think Philly did him a huge favor. Um, and I don't want to say that like Philly choked it because he took it. Like he just took it. Um, so shout out Jason Tatum. I love how right after that performance where he went like over 10 for the first three quarters in the postgame conference, he goes humbly, I'm one of the best basketball players on the planet and then drops 51. So, I mean, kudos. It, 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 you know you're good when you talk highly of yourself after a bad game. Like that's like yeah. you can any any man can like trash talk when they're doing good, right? But for yeah. you to trash talk while you're down and then do that, I mean, I got it. Like you know, props, kudos, props. But um, he's I, my favorite uh, Kobe Bryant impersonator. Yeah, Devin Booker only talks <laughs> when he's up. No, that's very. No, no, we're like we're getting into that because Devin Booker skipped his post game press conference. He did. That's ridiculous. He did. That is literally what Luca said. Yeah. Um, uh, Bad I'll say this. I want to. I want to. I want to talk about Doc Rivers because I feel like that's the perfect segue into uh, more coach talk because uh, we have a few things to address after that. But um, I think Doc Rivers is probably one of the worst cases of they only have a job because of a ring they won in the past, and that 08 ring has held Doc to another 15 years of a position as a head coach. That's about 13 years too many, in my opinion. Like, okay, like the Clippers days, like, 
okay, fine. He gets a job after the Celtics doesn't work out. You go to the Clippers. But the Clippers were like, and, and especially like I, if you um, listen to the big, the old man in the three with uh, the episode with Jamal Crawford and they touched based on Doc and the control he had in the locker room, he would like give up halfway through a playoff series. Like he wouldn't even like be confident in the team anymore. And that, that comment he made where he was like, yeah, I knew that Clippers team wasn't going to win. What do you mean? That's your team. You're coaching them, right? And 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 I and I bring that point up just to show that like I don't understand how Doc Rivers is getting a job over other candidates that are looking to get a head coaching position, and I don't understand why we keep recycling these head coaches that are not working out. For example, I saw Scott Brooks was in line to get an interview with Milwaukee. Why is Scott Brooks getting looked at again for a position? He could have won with the Big Three Thunder. He did terrible with the Wizards. He destroyed the Wizards, and now he's on the Portland. the The season he gets to the Portland assistant coaching job, they don't even make the playoffs. Right, like they 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 crumble completely. They don't even make the play in, and now Scott Brooks is getting another chance at a job. Right, it's like why are we recycling these coaches and not like I don't understand the mindset with teams to like pave the way for something new because clearly this thing isn't working, and at, and at that point you're just beating a dead horse. I don't know why Steve Clifford is still in the league. What's he been doing, bro? The Hornets <laughs> hired him twice. It, again, like there's a lot of and there's a lot of great coaches on the market right now that I would love to take a chance on, right? Like mm-hmm. if I was an NBA team. And again, like I guarantee you, Doc Rivers is going to find a job if he gets fired, which I think he yeah. will. Doc Rivers you know will what, find a job. What's interesting to me is if we go through the history of Doc Rivers players that he's had, because I've heard this right. This is the pro Doc Rivers argument that he's had players that didn't pull through CP zero rings. Uh, Paul George. Was it that year when uh, Kawhi Leonard had a bad performance? Yeah, yeah. And Kawhi Leonard is not one to have right. This Many is not bad who he performances. Is. Yeah, this is not who he is. He has James Harden, Joel Embiid. Maybe it's his fault, bro. Bro, hold on. Maybe now. it's his fault. It's hold not on like. Now. Hold on a second. Just, just let me. Just okay. You're right about. You're right about the players <laughs> that this man has had. I will give you that. Right. So I was I was sitting here thinking because remember I texted y'all right before. Um, All I'm saying is dudes need confidence, and if he's not confident in his right. own team, they're doing nothing. There's there's an argument that I heard Stephen A. Smith make this morning on first take because when I woke up this morning, I was sitting here saying I'm like they about to say, "Yep, Doc is gone. Doc is gone." Stephen A. Smith brought up this argument, and it made me think to myself, hmm. with Doc Rivers, is it necessarily that he's a bad coach? Or does or or is it nece- or is it more pros and cons? Is it a is it a situation where it's like if a series drags itself out to seven, is it necessarily on Doc Rivers for not less, for not making late game adjustments, or does that fall on the players for not showing up in this situation alone, this game seven alone? This is not Doc Rivers' fault, bro. Uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden. Go out there and like why, Sandy why says. Is, why is he letting Joel Embiid face up Al Horford though? Like that's my I, well, issue. Well, well, here's the thing with Joel Embiid. I was talking to my uncle about this actually. Uh, with Joel Embiid, he it's it's a matter of do you think that Doc Rivers giving Joel Embiid advice? Because from what I saw out there yesterday, Doc Rivers was screaming, yelling, damn near on his knees, begging at Jesus to 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 get somebody to do something. He was yelling and screaming at Joel to get his big ass up the court and stop running and jogging and hopping and puffing like a damn wolf. And then. We get all the way up to, at one point of the series, somebody had brought this up uh, on on one of the shows. P.J. Tucker had to go up to Joel Embiid and say to him, you're the MVP. You're the MVP. I saw that. I saw so that. In, so in my head, I'm thinking, if Doc, you think Doc Rivers ain't telling him that after after he won it? Like, 
is that Doc Rivers' fault that Joel Embiid wants to uh, not play basketball and stretches the games? No. Is it Doc Rivers' fault that James Harden once again played like dog shit in an elimination game? No. What else could he do? No, but Tobias Harris... makes sense, bro. Hoops point makes sense where it's like, this is a consistent thing. Like, And, and you're forgetting that the, the, the Doc Rivers Celtics teams, man. You're right. They crumbled that 3-2 lead against LeBron. Yeah, it's, it's, they it's like... so mu- so many players. <laughs> like when, when Kawhi Leonard did it, I was like, like, who makes Kawhi Leonard do that? It's like, <laughs> there's no way he did that on his own power, man. There had to be something else there. No, I agree with Hoop. I 100% agree with Hoop where it's like, there has to be something to do with the adjustments or, or the yeah. tactics they're running under Doc Rivers because... There comes to a certain point where it's like there's no way coincidentally these superstars just have <laughs> bad games in elimination moments. I think Doc Rivers doesn't know how to handle an elimination game. And I would love to look at his numbers in playoff series that he's leading. Because he was leading the, the he was up 3-2, right? How many how many times in this last decade could we see a Doc Rivers series that he was leading at some point? There was a stat that they showed on ESPN. It might have been like 10 or 11. Or like definitely over like 7 or 8. That's his... This is his series tenth, leads that he's blown. His 10th Game 7 loss came yesterday. And when he's on the brink of reaching the conference finals, his teams have lost 10 games in a row. Stretching, dating back to, that's that's a lot. Stephen A's point this morning was more or less, he, he did mention that, but then he was like, well, when you look at, when you're wondering why Doc Rivers is getting, or people are wondering why Doc Rivers still has a job, it's like, well, he ranks ninth all-time in victories, one of the 10 men who's won more, than a thousand games. So it's like, and when you look at the competition that he's in, the other nine guys are in the Hall of Fame. So it's like, he's going to be a Hall of Fame at the end of the day, uh, whether we like it or not. Like, he was going to be a Hall of Fame coach. And I said that, and I was like, you know what? That's weird. It's really weird for me to sit here and say that as much as I despise this man's coaching decisions over the last few years, as, as, as I've actually sat and watched them live, you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting here saying to myself, well, am I just forgetting that bros won a lot, but it's how... How much of those wins count if you ain't making it to the conference finals in, in 10 but, tries? And also, we could also spin this around and say he's had so much talent to yeah. win basketball games. Yeah. No, I, I, I also think about this it, is not, like Eric Spolstra has taken, we could forget about the Jimmy Butler. He, there were like this, this new team. Um, There was in 2016 when LeBron had left, they were mm-hmm. on, on track to have a really good, like when the Hassan Whiteside stuff came out and Goran You're Dragic. Right. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Bosh had the, the, the lung or yeah, something. His, yeah, they, they were on bots. track to go deep in the playoffs without yeah. LeBron James. Like he's just done this consistently with under, not underperforming. He's just gotten the most out of talent. No, that's not supposed to like. He, he I just like takes that you brought up. I think that's the right word to use. They they overperform around the heat, but when you see those players leave the heat and they go elsewhere, what do they do? Yeah, yeah except there is a is lot LeBron of cases James. like obviously like superstars excluded like Jimmy and Dwayne Wade and LeBron. Obviously they'll they'll excel anywhere they and go. Right? Doc just does the opposite. Doc so. does the opposite. Like like Eric Spolstra really took the Lakers to six games in the bubble without Bam or Goran. It was Jimmy. I can't even. I can't name you that starting lineup. I cannot name you that Heat starting lineup from that year. I can't. Other than outside of Jimmy Butler. I think Tyler Hero was in it, but Tyler Hero was a freaking rookie. And and Goran was injured. One of he their hurt. best players that year. He had like, twenty he points was per game. Ridiculous 20 in the points bubble. Per game. Yes. And and Bam Adebayo had his breakout season. He's injured. He's not playing. Or he did play a few games, but he was injured. Like his hand was hurt. He was playing through yeah. an injury. Right. I, I, we remember this, right? Yeah. Like out of the Heat, big three, two of them are screwed, and they take the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James playing peak basketball to six freaking games. Not only that, but they took the team that was the best constructed roster in the bubble to six games. 
think, think about it. They had Rondo, Dwight Howard. They had they had height. They had defense. They had shooting. They had everything. And the Heat, shorthanded, took them to six games. I want to touch on this because can we circle can we circle away from Doc Rivers for a second? Because I do want to talk about the Heat. Um, and I want to talk specifically about Jimmy Butler. I had a thought, like earlier, I was prepping for the show and I was sitting here watching something, a video about like the uh, the the, bu- the bubble rematch, basically. And I sat there and I thought to myself, I remember the days where the media treated Jimmy Butler as if he was some spoiled brat, some diva, some dude with a big attitude problem who whose game couldn't translate to back it. Like, the, and I think it all traced back, because here's the thing, Jimmy Butler to me has always been one of the most misunderstood top players in basketball. What I mean by that is, I date this back to 2015. The first year that I ever got into basketball, as y'all know, I was a Chicago Bull fan, watched the preseason game, Derrick Rose went crazy, I got reintroduced to Rose, but at the same time that season, I got introduced to Jimmy Butler. That was the year he won most improved player. And I remember as I, as I was sat back and as, as I was a kid and I was watching the, that regular season play out, Jimmy was averaging 20. That was the first time he was an all-star. And I sat back and I was saying to myself, if this is the decline of Derrick Rose and the, the era of Derrick Rose, the Bulls are obviously going to go in the direction of the guy they drafted late in the first round who's proving that he is a, he can hang, right? We get to 2016. Um, Fred Hoiberg gets hired. They let go of Tibbs. Tibbs was there from 2011 to 20 to the end after that 2015 season. He he get, he made the, he made it to the playoffs every single year, right? Rose's MVP year, the year that Rose was out, and it was the lockout year, 2013, uh, 2014. That was when Jimmy Jimmy broke out in the 2013 playoffs. But anyway, the point is is that Fred when Fred Hoiberg, Fred Hoiberg got there, I was like, bro, I don't like the direction that the team's going because I don't know what direction they're going in. The thing that I loved about Jimmy Butler was I was like, okay, well, if Derrick Rose is the guy that's going to go, which eventually he ended up going to get traded to the New York Knicks, I was like, I'm happy that the Bulls are going to leave the franchise to Jimmy Butler. What do they do, though, right? They bring in Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo for the 2017 season. Uh, they, I remember they lost the game to the Atlanta Hawks, if I'm not mistaken. And and Jimmy, go ahead, Hoop, what were you going to say? No, it's just it's real hard to see Rajon Rondo in a Bulls jersey. It was so, that it was, was so that weird. was one year. or Was that like twenty games? It was no, it was it was one year. I made the I don't I don't recall like that at all, man. They were like the eighteen. I don't remember none of that year. Nothing. And here's the thing: when Rose got traded to New York, I had a decision to make back then. I was like, do I really want to stay with the Chicago Bulls, who I thought had no sense of direction whatsoever for the next five years, or I was like, do I want to take a chance and just say, fuck it, let's go to New York? I was like, ah, yeah, mellow, cool, whatever, cool. Rose said it's a super team. Rose said it's a super team. All right, whatever. Bull. But here's the thing. I was still watching the Bulls just to see them decline. What they did get was Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade, right? They lose a game to the Atlanta Hawks. Jimmy and D. Wade are cussing out the uh, the young guys on the team for not well, they, they caring. They had Pau, them. too. Wasn't Pau an all-star? Pau was an all-star 2015, in, I believe, 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, but, okay. They had to, but then they, that was like the tail end of Pau was when they yep, brought in yep, the rest yep. of the guys. But anyway, the point is, is that Jimmy got mad at the locker room, and then they, I remember they lost the game to the Knicks. Jimmy got mad again and, you know, cussed guys out for not work, wanting to work hard enough, to, for not training hard enough, for not taking it seriously, right? What did the Bulls – and then he got mad at the Bulls organization and said, I'm mad at, at Fred Hoiberg. So the Bulls chose Fred Hoiberg over Jimmy Butler, sent him to Minnesota. Then we get to Minnesota. Jimmy, what, what happens? Late January of 2018, the, the, the Timberwolves were the, were the three seed, I remember. Then Jimmy gets hurt. They bounce all the way down to the eighth seed. Then they eventually lose to Harden in the first round, right? Then what happens in the offseason? Jimmy's upset with Cat 
and Andrew Wiggins for their walk ethic. He said, oh, if you look back at Andrew Wiggins and Cat at that time, it was, it was, they got all the potential in the world, but the work ethic, that's the thing they're missing, right? Jimmy was mad at them for that. What is Minnesota? And then he's sitting there saying, pay me, pay me. I'm better than all of them. Pay me. What do they do? They let him go. He ends up in Philly. This Once again, Jimmy's upset because he found a guy in Joel and B, right? And I still love that duo. I'm mad that we only got to see him for that short period of time. But Jimmy was upset because he felt like, and he said it on JJ Reddick's podcast, he felt like he didn't know who was in charge in Philly because that's how dysfunctional Philly was. And then we end up seeing them pay Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. At the same time, mind you, Jimmy Butler got mad at Ben Simmons at one point for his mental, uh, like, health. He was just like, he just doesn't seem like he wants to play basketball. What did they do? They chose Simmons alongside Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. And then he goes to the Heat. Now he's with the Heat. He's made it to the conference finals three times. The Bulls have not done that. The Sixers have not done that. The Timberwolves for damn sure ain't done that. And uh, well, who am I missing? Is that it? Yeah. So, uh, my he thing is with Jimmy Butler. everything perfectly. He did. Oh, me or Jimmy? No, I was saying Jimmy with Oh, ben, yeah, Jimmy. Cat. Yes. Yes. This is, this, is, this is crazy. But the media was sitting here saying, oh, no, no, Jimmy, Jimmy's just, he, he can't be coached. I was sitting here like, what are you, he's cooking the starters in practice. If I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves GM and you were coming up to me saying, you better pay me more. And I'm like, nah, bro, I don't think you worked it. I don't think you worked it. I don't think. And then you, and then you come into practice and you say, take the Minnesota off. Give me the starters. I want Cat. He, he, he took Cat in that practice. He was guarding Cat and just ripping it from him. I'm sitting, and I had to sit here and watch this. If I'm the coach, if I'm the GM, if I'm the assistant coach, this man wants, all he wants is compensation. That's it. He wants compensation and a competent team. That's all he wants. But you can't provide him with that because you think for some reason that that the Minnesota franchise itself is bigger than this one player who was literally Michael Jordan's son. And it's proven it time and time again. It's just insane to me that the media now is all, oh, we love Jimmy. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy's the third greatest heater. Shut, shut up. Jimmy was right all along about every player, about every coach, about every team. And then you give him Spo. Once again, Spo is a top five coach of all time. You give him Spo, and, and like you said, what does Spo do with any amount of talent that you give him? Doesn't matter if you give him the greatest player in the world in LeBron James. You give him uh, the greatest shooting guard in Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. You can give him Jamal. You can give him Jimmy Butler, and you can still keep your Dallas Haslam's ass on contract, on payroll. You can still do that, and you still can make it to a conference finals over every other team that dropped Jimmy Butler. And it all started with the Chicago Bulls. Insanity, just insanity. Shout out Jimmy Butler. I know y'all speeches right now. But I just had to get that off my chest. I'm tired of the media playing with players. I really am. I'm, I'm so tired of it. Uh, the disrespect. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler is a special case. I think sometimes the media is correct in some of the things I say about the players, but I think Jimmy Butler is just a special case of, like, he was right about everything, and I don't think we've ever seen that in a player where they went to three different franchises, and they left each franchise not being the problem, but there was problems that were stirred up. Uh, I definitely agree. Like Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy is. Uh, I don't want to call him underrated or one of the more underrated players of this generation because I feel like people do give him his credit now, and everybody does talk about him to that level. Uh, I don't like. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's that guy. I don't. I don't really know how much more we can branch off of that. <laughs> but let's branch off into what we think about. Uh, because somebody did say they wanted our predictions. So from that, we got. 
all of Jimmy's greatness. We just saw Jason Tatum's greatness. Now they're matching up again in the Eastern Conference Finals. Isn't this like the fourth time? It feels like they've been matching up every fucking year. Isn't this like the fourth time in like the last five years we've seen Celtics and Heat or something like that? Something weird like that in the in, in the Conference yeah, Finals. Yeah, and uh, uh, Jimmy also had his uh, welcome video. Like uh, Gordon Hayward would send out like after he gets an injury or something, they play it on the, the big board. Like he oh, just took yeah, a video yeah, yeah. of himself saying, you know, hey, what's up, Boston? Can't wait to see you soon. Like the same vibe. Um <laughs> So, I mean, he's on a mission. I just don't know if Duncan Robinson and Max Strews can pull through. They're going to they need can. to shoot the lights I think out. Ma no, Max Strews proved to me that he's that guy. I don't know about Dr. Robinson, but Max Strews is that guy. I love Max Strews. I me love too. My stock on Max Strews has skyrocketed after this playoff. I love Max Strews. I think he is one of the perfect role players for an NBA team. But yeah, you get it. You get an aggressive Bam, a uh, a scrappy Kyle Lowry, which is just every day in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, he he's also someone like we we talk about guys who just turn on the playoffs, like Jimmy specifically. The Heat have like three of those guys. It, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is wild. Like the like Kyle Lowry was was he not benched for Gabe Vincent at some point? Yeah, he was yeah. so poorly. Yeah. Now he's just you know uh, Villanova makes some really good playoff players, but regardless, the Heat can definitely make it competitive. So I give me y'all serious predictions. And seven. Okay, there we go, right there. There we go. Oh, man. Heat and seven. Uh, Sandy said it first, baby. Heat and seven. I see it going seven. I see it going seven, too. I hope it goes seven. I hope it, I mean, last year, I, I guess Jimmy I need a prediction, a huh? Yeah, you guys, I mean, we need to make one for Denver and the Lakers, and yep. that's man, probably so a good way to end the episode. There's still yep. no hero. Uh, I don't know if a hero for the Bucks or the You ain't see the script, bro. You ain't see the script. Hero ain't come back to the finals. Hero ain't come back to the finals. Boston's a little different than New York. Okay, um, I agree. Hey, I'll say this right now. I want the Heat to win. Y'all know I don't like Boston, but I think it's going to be Boston in six. Uh, Boston in six. I also really want the Heat to win the same way that I want the Lakers to win. Um, But like I, I feel like it'll be Boston in seven. They, they do have home court advantage. So if you're saying that they can close them out in six, I just, I just think that they got Jimmy, so I don't think he's gonna let that happen. It would be an all-time Missoula disaster class if they lose. I don't. I think it's Jimmy Butler. Really? Is is you? No, I'm saying because like Spoke how to... spoken coach circles around him. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Nuggets and the Lakers, I don't think the Lakers make. I think the Nuggets win in six. Man, once again, I really want to see LeBron in the finals, which Me is too, like something bro. I'm not used to saying, uh, but. Oh, man, it's down to Anthony Davis. I am going to take the Lakers, actually. Um, I okay, feel like really? MPJ needs to stand on his nuts and actually play <laughs> like a somewhat, you know, max contract type player. Michael, I don't think pass get... the Rock Jr. Or Porter yeah, Jr. Dude, he's <laughs> got to be on one. I don't know if I can just, I don't know if I could trust it because the, the Lakers got some pretty solid defenders in, in Vando and stuff like that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Lakers in seven, I guess. Oh. Uh... I want the Lakers to win so bad. I do. I really do. And the main reason is because LeBron can just add to the story. I don't know if y'all know this, but this is a quick aside. When Kareem passed up Will in 84, he went to the finals and he lost to the Celtics. So, with LeBron James and the GOAT debate about to get re, you know, reignited, because I feel like win or lose in the conference finals, it's going to be reignited because they're going to be like 38-year-old LeBron, Western Conference Finals, came back from a 13th seed, all that. Whatever. But if Braun goes to the finals, bro, and just closes the deal, breaks the scoring record, wins finals MVP, 
he is the greatest of all time. There's no debate. You know what's crazy is he could have a Western Conference Finals MVP too. He could. Which would, which would make the debate that much nastier. He oh was the best God. player in two important series <laughs> at age 38. <laughs> so uh, I will say uh, I want the Lakers to win, but I also have to say I got the Nuggets in six. Hey, I just don't not, think that. I just think I Jokic, understand it. Jokic and Jamal, I just trust them over. I, I, here's the thing: I trust LeBron and AD. I do. It's it's more of the fact that like I'm just scared for Anthony Davis because of the two injuries that he's had so far in this season, which was the one where he couldn't feel his arm, and then the one where he got hit in the head and and rolled out in the wheelchair. It, it's just like I, I I'm scared that that's gonna I'm scared that something weird is just gonna happen there because I feel like Jokic is gonna be there every single game. Like I, that that that's what I that's what I feel in my heart. I don't know if I can say the same thing about Anthony Davis, or I don't know if like if he is going to be there. I don't know what version of Anthony Davis we're going to get. I don't know if it's going to be as dominant as he was, you know, stopping Draymond Green and Kevon Looney, uh, and you know Jaron Jackson, which is okay, but it's Jokic, bro. There's levels to this shit. I don't know. I'm I'm scared, but I'm gonna say Nuggets and six. Even though I want Lakers, I want Lakers. Yeah. The the one thing I just wanted. I know we're kind of going over the limit. But if the Nuggets do lose, I alluded to it before, I think it would be on MPJ and KCP would need to shoot 60% from three. Like, I'm just scared that he's going to be so, like, shot chucker-esque. Um, and when he's not on, like, it, and if Jamal, like, Jamal Murray can be spotty at times, I feel like the Lakers have, a, even though Anthony Davis with the injury history, they have more consistency when they're on the court. Um, and you're, I remember saying you're Denver Nuggets friend said that about Murray. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that a little bit this playoffs. Yeah. Jokic needs people to hit shots. Um, so he can't win by himself. Shout out public. Anyway, this is a great way to end the show. Appreciate everybody who was, uh, tuned in. Of course, we'll see you guys in episode 74. We have an exciting conference finals to watch. So we're excited. The podcast merch. May 16th. Go cop yes, it. sir. Go yes, cop sir. it. Great quality. Hey, great, great series stuff. one. Series one. Uh, series one. What do we call it again? The LP Essentials. Yes. L- LP Essentials bundle. Bro, Enjoy. my C- my Siri just activated on my computer when I said <laughs> series one. Anyway, hey. um, yeah, we should probably uh, end the show now. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys episode 74. Peace. Peace.